Next on BYU Sports Nation, an education rewind from BYU Football Media Day. Which storyline stole the show? Zach Wilson has a different injury? What is it, and how much will it affect him this season, plus the new-look Cougar offense? And don't forget, the BYU Football preseason depth chart release. Does BYU have enough depth to be great in 2019? Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B... Here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Congratulations. You made it through Media Day, and we continue. Happy Wednesday, June 19th, wherever and however you're connected. Nice to have you with us. Alongside a man who is in on the Mariners' rain or shine, even though they're in full tank mode, Jerem Jordan. I am Spencer Linton. Yeah. Full tank mode. Like, the tank is full of, of losses. Yeah. Uh, you know what I'm really excited about today? So when I was younger, today would be a big deal. The almanac. It, it uh, used to be called the media guide. Okay. Now it's called an almanac. Like, I'm going to look and find, like, geography in, in, in here or something. I used to read this cover to cover. The, the irony is I don't do that now, even though it's my job. But when I was younger, I would go wire to wire, dude. It used to be, like, a full-size book. Yeah, it was 8.5 by 11. Now it's more... User friendly, I guess, yeah. because it's smaller and you can pack yeah. it around easier. But yep. like, it was a full on, big time book that yep. used to come in the mail. When we got season tickets for the first time in 1997, that baby showed up with Brad Martin on it, and oh, rest in peace. I, yes, that was an incredible feeling. It was so exciting. One time, I went to the Smithfield House. I was 16. I was down here for Education Week because I couldn't afford to go to EFY. And I knocked on the door and went into the Athletic Media Relations Office. And I somehow convinced them to give me one. And then I sat outside in the grass and read it the rest of the day. Well done. <laughs> and now they just give it to me for free, which is really nice. <laughs> I, they're, they're still giving it to me for free. So, uh, yeah, today uh, used to be a very exciting day. It is an exciting day. I was interested to see who's on the cover. Let me show you. So you have uh, Aleva Hifo, mm-hmm. Diane Gonwoloku, and Zacharias Wilson. Okay, Diane Gonwoloku in the that? front with his senior leadership, perhaps. How about perhaps. that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, on the back, Bushman, Tonga, and Lee. Is it any coincidence that a Northridge High School man is the front, man. People is the front man on this huh. cover, Jerem? Well, at least there's no Bingham people. I Shout guess. out to the Northridge Knights. <laughs> Great show lineup for you today. Media Day recap, of course. Which headline stole the show for you? Greg Rubel, the voice of the Cougars, will join us to recap his thoughts after a full-fledged football day. And 10-10 and 10 continues with mm-hmm. Jerem Jordan's 10 best offenses that BYU will play against in the 2019 season. Here are today's BYUSN headlines. BYU sophomore quarterback Zach Wilson telling BYU Sports Nation yesterday he has a torn labrum in his non-throwing shoulder as well. This one started hurting because I have a torn labrum on this side too. So then it was just not good to not do anything with that one. <laughs> did, did you have surgery on that one as well? No, but I will eventually. I just don't know when. I mean, I don't throw with it, so it's kind of like I don't really need it. Gotcha. You heard it. It will require surgery in the future, but as far as this season goes, won't directly impact his throwing because he just had his right throwing shoulder surgically repaired. Yeah, six months ago. So we'll discuss the impact we think that could or could not have. BYU has the 23rd hardest schedule in FBS, according to Athlon Sports. The Cougars are the only team in the country to open with four Power 5 opponents. BYU basketball and Boise State 
announce a home and home or home and road series in men's basketball. Boise State will host the first game November 20th, 2019. BYU will host the second game at a date later to be determined in 2020. And sixth round NF, uh, NFL L- MLB draft pick Jackson Clough has his first minor league assignment the Washington Nationals. He'll be in single A with the Hagerstown Suns the in Maryland. Hagerston Suns. Hagerston. 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 The only reason I know that is because I covered a junior college baseball team from Hagerston, Maryland. Hagerston. Yeah. Yeah. Go figure. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Well, yesterday, BYU sophomore quarterback Zach Wilson dropped a bomb of sorts telling us in Studio B that he has a torn labrum in his left shoulder, non-throwing shoulder. Then proceeded to say it won't impact his performance on the field this year because he throws with his right arm. Jerem, as you step back, how big of a deal is it that Zach Wilson has another shoulder injury? I think it's a deal. Um, He says that uh, when we asked him, and you heard it, that it hurts a little bit, but uh, he just can't lift. So it's hard to imagine that he's going to have a stronger pass if he can't lift, right? And he said he'll never be able to snatch again. So some of the strength and conditioning that would normally accompany perhaps the strengthening of that arm and arms and shoulders, right, everything around it, um, that's a little bit of an issue to me. Does it mean he's not going to be a good quarterback this year? No, but uh, it's a little bit of a concern. He said in the future he'll have the surgery done. We should have followed up, and perhaps we will. It, it, the question now becomes to me is, one, when, when did this happen? Was it during the season, or was it from high school, high like school. the right shoulder? Both in high school. Both in high school. I followed up after the show. That, okay. So it's been a while. Okay. Um, and two, did he not have the left done at the same time as the right because he needed to be able to just function as a human with his left hand, eating food and putting on clothes or whatever? I don't know. I think it's a little bit of a deal, though. Yeah, I don't know how severe the left shoulder labrum tear is, but Apparently not that much if you didn't have surgery. Exactly. Right? That's what I gathered is it's not as severe as, you know, we hear that and think, "Oh my goodness, he's got to have surgery again. What in the world?" It, from what I'm gathering, it's not as severe as the right shoulder was and clearly not as impactful because his right shoulder is his throwing shoulder. He could have kept playing through the pain. Right, but he's going to be hit and land on his left shoulder. This season. Now, do teams a bunch of times play the dirty card and go after Zach Wilson's left shoulder because that little bit of information well, is you, out there? Well, Utah State probably will. But, <laughs> yeah, it, th- to me, this is a deal. I don't think that it, it means, you know, hey, Jaron Hall, be ready right away. But, it, listen, if th- this is the second time where Zach Wilson has surprised us with injuries. One, that speaks to sort of his toughness, right? He didn't complain about it during the season, knowing, hey, I got to – issue with my labrum, right? He's not a pitcher, otherwise he couldn't do this, but for some reason in football, it's okay. Like a pitcher, it'd be like, you're out for the year. (laughs) But in football, he fights through this, and it's really interesting to see that. It is a concern, though, that he's, we know he's hurt on that side. So every time he gets tackled, I'm going to think, "Uh uh-oh, did the labrum tear more severely? And uh, those first four games... I've talked about this. I don't have scientific evidence. I just have my gut and, and David Nixon telling me what Lance Reynolds said back in the day of, oh, we're playing too many tough games in a row. We're going to get banged up. And we've seen that. 
And you don't want to see it at that position because the key to the BYU offense is the play of the quarterback. I would imagine that Zach Wilson will repair his left shoulder as soon as this season is over. And do so one then he's going to miss spring for again Maybe, and the whole deal? But, right? but if it pays off and he's okay and has a great season, even though he missed spring football this year, then who cares? If you win games, who cares? I hope he can be healthy and have a great season with this injury. And, and obviously he thinks that he's going to be fine. Otherwise, he wouldn't go into the season with it. Yeah, and it was his prerogative to put this information out there. Right. We didn't ask him, hey, are you hurt anywhere else? He just threw it out there. So I was like, sorry, what? Okay, hopefully he's okay. Now to topic two. Yesterday we heard a lot about the 2019 BYU offense. Jeff Grimes, the offense coordinator, had this to say about the offensive line. This year we need to play really well for a bunch of guys with experience, and that bar is set at a different mark now. That mark last year was, well, you know, just having one or two sacks in that game was okay given who they are. We're, we're beyond that now. And so I look to, uh, to see our offensive line take a huge jump, and I would love to see them be the group that, that allows us to become um, that next-level offense. In addition to the offensive line, Zach Wilson, Jaron Hall, two good tight ends, good group of running backs, experienced wide receivers. Spencer, how much better do you feel about the BYU offense today? When I first thought about this, I immediately went to something that uh, I did for a long time. I taught a language. I spoke Korean for two years as I served a mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. You were a language learner as well. Speak your language! In Porto Alegre, in Brazil. The happy port. So I look at from year one to year two, and I kind of feel like this way in language learning as I do with the BYU offense, where it was at the end of year one, I, I felt like I started to kind of catch a groove and I could hold my own with the Korean language. But in year two, I was completely comfortable. I feel like the BYU offense led by Zach Wilson and the offensive coordinator, Jeff Grimes, everybody's into year two. Yeah. Trust is higher. Confidence is higher. And the understanding, perhaps most importantly, is better. So this is year two of language learning, the language of the BYU football offense. I expect bigger and better things. They're more confident. They should be. I mean, that's the one thing I took from yesterday more than anything is this team believes. They are confident. There was uncertainty last year, understandably, because you had a new offensive coordinator. Coming for 4-9, a little anxious. Yes. The confidence is back. The belief is back. I expect more because of what they told me yesterday and the way that they carry themselves and the way that they speak. There's, there is very little uncertainty. They think they're going to be good. I think, and I keep alluding to this, that the BYU offense is going to be pretty good. The first four games, we may not see it statistically, but I think over the course of the season, we will. The last two seasons, you look at the numbers, BYU looked like they stunk on offense. Seriously. Because the first six games, BYU wasn't that good on offense. They did enough to win the games they needed to win. Almost gave up an 18-point lead against Arizona. Survived against Wisconsin. But that's the point. You just you want to be one point better, right? But I'm with you. I, I feel very confident in this group. I think it's a deep group. I think at quarterback, BYU fans feel like they're confident in two guys. We didn't always feel like that, right? It was Tanner Mangum and then who, right, for a couple years. Running backs, Katoa, Williams, Isupa, Algier. I like those four. 
I didn't want Algier to have to feel like he had to be really good right away as the backup, so in come two grad transfers. MLP and Bushman, we keep saying, hey, is this the best duo since uh, Pitta and George? I think so. Wide receiver, Romney, Simon, Shumway, Pau, Hifo, none of those guys have broken out for 600 yards quite yet, but we like that uh, you know what you get, right? And then you have some young guys who work in, Jackson McChesney. That O-line, deep and experienced. Man. Three of the backups have been starters. Three of the backups have been starters. So I like the group a lot. I, I don't look at any group. The only group where I'm like, I need more from you is wide receiver. Now, this group has moved from survival mode, just find some food and a place to live, you know enough language to do that, into go to the flea market and work a bargain, man. Talk those vendors down. Get some swag for cheap. Like, I feel like this team and these guys in year number two have just a ton more confidence and more understanding. they got a better grasp, and that's why we expect better things. They're senior companions, though. Yes. <laughs> Nicely played. Joan leader. <laughs> Finally, topic three. BYU Athletic Director Tom Holmo addressed BYU's relationship with ESPN yesterday. A lot of you are wondering, well, what's in the future after this current contract expires? With the pending conversation happening with the worldwide leader, Tom said this. It's interesting that this... Uh, ESPN contract is kind of bifurcated. You have the broadcast rights for our home games at BYU, and then you have the bowl series. Right. And those, that bowl season is a little bit more nuanced than it used to be. So that's one of the reasons why it's taken a little more time to get to the end. Jerem, what do Tom Holmo's comments about the relationship with ESPN and negotiations mean to you? Just an explanation of why it hasn't happened yet. I fully expect BYU to re-up with ESPN. I'm not concerned at all about anything related to this topic. I think BYU will have their games on ESPN. I think that contract's been extremely successful. Um, I think it's been a boon in scheduling. In fact, I think it's been too good for scheduling. There have been too many good games on the schedule, which is a great problem. You'd rather have it be we have too many than too few, right? You can pull. It's easier to pull back than pull up. Um, and he explained the bowl uh, situation is going to be a little more fluid. Therefore, uh, they're just figuring out the logistics of, okay, we don't have a specific bowl for you, but how will you fit into this bigger context? We had Brett McMurphy on a couple weeks ago, and he explained that process. Uh, and so how does BYU fit into that? It's taking a second to figure that out. But that's the thing that we haven't talked about or thought about a lot is that ESPN was always the bowl provider. It wasn't that BYU got six wins and then someone was like, yeah, here. It's that it had to be negotiated beforehand. And we're talking about, I would imagine, four to eight years, right, in length. And you got to figure that out beforehand. So I had somebody from ESPN. In fact, I've had multiple individuals explain to me why BYU specifically is such a draw for the worldwide leader. And this, this is the simplest explanation that has ever been given to me. Take, for example, Oregon and Washington State. They play in the Pac-12. It's a late Saturday night game. And they, they still do? They draw decent numbers, okay? But it's regional. So all of those numbers come from Oregon, Pacific Washington, well, Pacific mid- Time Zone. It's midnight okay? on the B- East Coast. BYU, in contrast, if they play a team like Washington State in Provo, and it's still a late start, the numbers are divided up all over the country. It is not a regional draw. So people in New York, Florida, Texas, this is the why South. We, this is why we say Eastern time, by the way, on BYU TV. The numbers are spread out all over the country. It's never a regional draw with BYU. It is a national draw. And they like that because they can sell to advertisers 
nationally rather than just regional advertising. Yeah, the local car wash won't be in the commercial on ESPN. Oh, so I thought that makes complete sense. So yeah. if BYU-Washington State draws 1.1 million viewers and Oregon-Washington State draws 1.2 or whatever, you'll see those numbers largely in the Northwest. But whereas BYU is all over the country, that allows ESPN to advertise and promote and do things differently than they would with a regional game. BYU's yeah. a draw because they're a national brand. I'm not worried about this at all. They want BYU. Yeah, they, there's no question that it's going to be ESPN with the next deal. It's just figuring out the logistics of the bowl game. Not, not worried at all. Our question of the day, how did BYU Football Media Day change your outlook on the 2019 season? Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. First response in from at Jack underscore Zumwalt 14 on Instagram. Gave a lot more hope that this year is going to be special. The players had different energy and juice that I haven't seen these last few years. Hashtag BYUSN, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Special would be 10-plus wins for me if you're going to quantify it. I'm not expecting that. I think the goal, like we've discussed yeah. and we'll continue to, to say, is eight wins, eight-plus. Really okay? good. Minimum benchmark to me of a good team in college football, regardless of schedule. And then 10-plus, you're talking about a that's a special season. Yes. Anytime you can finish ranked, to me, that's unique and special. And that's more special given that BYU has not finished ranked in a season since 2011. Here's the superlative spectrum from myself. 7-6, and six, okay. 8-5, and five, good. 9-4, and four, ooh, really good. 10-4, and four, great. 11 wins, now that's special. Yeah, yeah. I... Well, 10, it used to be 11, now it's 10. After, <laughs> after you win 11 games in yes. a two-season span, yeah. my standards that's go true. down. No, really that's do. true. Yeah. Coming up, 10 and 10 continues as they roll out the top 10 offenses BYU will play this fall. But not before the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rebell, joins us. What surprised him most yesterday from BYU Football Media Day Edition 2019? The man, the Canuck, everyone's friendly neighbor, is next. This is BYU Sports Nation. The new polo looks really nice. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. On the latest BYU Sports Nation right now, what do players do during media day when they aren't in interviews? The blooper reel is out now. Full episode drops tonight. Check it out on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and the YouTube. Bracken Bakri did not disappoint to nobody's he never does. surprise. He never does. We are live in Studio B. Your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play continues alongside Jerem Jordan. I am Spencer Linton. We now welcome in our next and first guest of the day, the voice of the Cougars, <laughs> Greg Rubel. Greg. The last time he was on, he was in Hawaii. Yes, you were. Now you're back, yeah. and you Why'd are you from a land that now owns an <laughs> NBA championship. Yeah, Canada rules the basketball world right now. Words I never thought would yeah. be spoken. R.J. Barrett, Canadian yep. as well. Yeah. We are all Raptors Zion Williamson, uh, American. No, not Canadian. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> when you look at something like that, because I, I, I couldn't believe, I'm just looking at the, the numbers, the last time Canada won a Stanley Cup, 1993, because you yeah. think hockey, it's the land of hockey. Never happens anymore. Yeah, they never get it. Now they're the yeah. land of basketball. Yeah. That's crazy, is it not? It is. And they got the World Series that year, too, in 93, and then nothing for That was a good yeah. Joe Carter year, right? It was. Yeah. 
Some back classics. back to the Blue Jays. Okay, football media day happened mm-hmm. yesterday. Uh, how'd it go for you? you I needed it. I needed it. Right yeah, no, I, you know, we, we, we hit that lull, right? Uh, the athletic season has ended for BYU. So we're now looking ahead to 1920. And this was the, the kickoff of the 1920 season. It was our first chance to look ahead to what's next for BYU. And it uh, kind of fills that gap. And I really I needed it, like a booster shot, right? So we got that yesterday. I had a good time. We had a, we had a little two-hour radio show on, on BYU Radio. With, There's no little two-hour radio show. Yeah, you know, you guys did two hours. We did two hours. Yeah, yeah it was uh, I had a blast. Really enjoyed it. Yeah. What did you learn yesterday that maybe you didn't know earlier that kind of took you by surprise? Well, I always respected Ed Lamb. But, uh, oh but you know, he's taking it up a notch now. <laughs> oh, my God. But I, what a gamer, right? Yeah. In, uh, in Mattastone, Wisconsin last year. <laughs> what a great story. He passed a kidney stone during the Wisconsin And, and the game. fact is, it still was kind of unknown even to his players until, like, I think yesterday. They, they really, like, he didn't make a big deal about it even in the aftermath. It was kept kind of on the down low. And, uh, yes, we learned a little bit more about just how tough Ed Lamb really is. That was a great story. Uh, and not that I didn't know it, but I really got a sense uh, of what Jeff Grimes thinks about his quarterback position yesterday he said he's been on teams where they don't have one guy as good as the top two guys right now in in uh, Zach Wilson and Jaron Hall he said Zach Wilson deserves all the press he got last year had a really good freshman year he said but Jaron Hall deserves some too he said he's one of the best skill guys on the team and he said our challenge as an offensive staff is to figure out ways to use him so he really loves what he has at the top two quarterback spots right now. And as we've talked about, it's been a while since BYU's just had to use one guy at quarterback mm-hmm. uh, for, for 13 games. It was Taysom Hill in 2013, knocking on wood is Jerem yep. Jordan. Yep. And so, yeah, I mean, whether or not they need him for health or otherwise, Jaron Hall's going to find a way to do something for BYU this next year, and that's exciting too. So he really loves what he has at quarterback. I like how uh, uh, Elisa Tuiaki feels about his defensive line. He says he feels he's three deep at the tackle spots. He says maybe not quite as deep at the ends, but he loves what he has there. And so, you know, Elias's got a real good sense for that. And Kalani noted when he was at Utah and he and E were both at Utah in those Sac Lake City days, you know, everyone talks about just how much, you know, how much pressure we got on the quarterback. And they thought we were like maybe a blitz happy. We weren't blitz happy. We were getting pressure with four. If you can sack and if you can pressure with four, you can become a great team. And he hopes that's what BYU can develop into, he and E both this year, is getting pressure with the four, not having to bring a bunch of people. And so uh, if he's confident about the D-line, then that's got to give everyone else confidence. And, uh, and Matt Bushman doesn't get talked about a lot because he's just so steady and dependable. But again, Jeff Grimes says uh, one of the best ball skill players he's ever been around. And, uh, and, and, and again, matchup nightmare uh, for, op- for, for opponents. And so a lot of good reasons uh, to feel confident about uh, the offense in particular, but the D as well. I picked up on those things yesterday. Um, and, and it's funny, uh, uh, maybe we'll hit depth chart here in a little bit too, but uh, they, they list Dine right now as a safety, but he could be anything in that, in that secondary. Safety, corner, nickel, he really can do it all. And I think Dine Gomwoloku is poised for a special season. Yeah, he's really good. And I, I love the guys that you bring back, right? And then the question of what newcomers will make an impact. We're not even really addressing that. We're just discussing kind of the known, right? And, and there's some guys off missions, and there's some guys uh, out of high school that could be guys that uh, do something of significance. And he's not technically a newcomer, but I, I look at Gunnar Romney as, as having his first real season for BYU because he was never healthy last year. We never got to see – I think Jeff said this too, Coach Grimes – you really didn't get to see what he could do last year. And he said he's already a different guy. He said he came last year as kind of a tall, slender guy, and he was hurt. Now he's added 10 to 15 pounds, stronger, tougher, better off press coverage, 
already a playmaker, and he says that's the big difference. The reason that, that I and others and Coach Grimes expect more productivity and more explosiveness this year is for guys like Gunnar Robb. You've got to have more chunk plays in this offense. If there was a missing ingredient last year for BYU football, it was explosiveness on offense. They, they, they were really efficient when it mattered, and they were productive at times, especially as the season went along with, with, the, with the quarterback change. They became something good. But what they, what they lacked really was the explosiveness and the chunk plays you need to be a, a productive and prolific offense. And Gunnar Romney is one of the reasons to expect more of that from BYU. And Coach Grimes said our, our, what we have to do is, is identify the playmakers sooner, better, and use them more frequently. And I think this is all about one year one to year two. Jeff Grimes had that first year. Again, first-year OCs, those are kind of crapshoot seasons. Mm-hmm. You just don't know what you're going to get with a first-year play caller. And, and, uh, and, and as good as he's been for his career uh, as, a, as a run game coordinator and an offensive line coach, that, that was a learning year for Coach Grimes. And he's been through that, and he's got that under his belt. He comes into it so much better equipped here in U2 to utilize the weapons he has. And so, uh, again, I, I just think uh, uh, the natural transition from year to one, for year one to year two as a coordinator, gives BYU fans, for, uh, BYU fans reason for hope. Yes, I compared it to language learning. And you spoke Portuguese in Brazil. Jeremy and I both. Back, we, do, we do most of our conversations off the air in Portuguese. Yeah, it's mostly yeah. in Portuguese. From yeah. year one to year two, tell me there is not a significant difference in your confidence level with something like that. I get the same impression from this BYU football offense. I know it's a different language within football, but I, I feel like it's kind of making that jump. When you start thinking in the language, you've kind of made yeah. the leap, right? I and remember the first time I dreamt in uh, Portuguese, and I thought, okay, I'm in. <laughs> I'm in. We're going here. It doesn't yes. mean my accent's great or anything, but I'm at least trying hard. All of these guys are dreaming in BYU football greatness yeah greg Greg rebel with us on byu sports nation the voice of the cougars i love that there's a there's a lot of known and and that byu built towards something it felt like when byu was pass heavy they were more successful i obviously you got to be able to run to establish the run and whatnot but once zach wilson was kind of let loose in the utah game for the most part and the western michigan in the second half that felt like okay if that's the offense byu's running I'm very excited about that. How do you feel like BYU is going to look different, if at all, this season now that it's year two? Yeah, I don't think BYU is going to be all one thing, but I think if, if that's if that's your strength, if 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 Bushman and Romney and and Hefo and others are 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 the group you ID, and I'm going to throw Dax Milne in there as well. Once you've ID'd your group and they're getting maybe more inconsistent reps, and you've got slingers like Zach Wilson back there, uh, you know, why not utilize that to your greatest advantage? And I think we saw, whether it's, you know, first half of the Utah game or second half of Western Michigan, we saw when BYU kind of not, not necessarily throws caution to the wind entirely, but you know, let, let, let's go throw it around. Let's go, let's, go, let's go to our playmakers. And, uh, you know, Dylan Colley uh, had a kind of game in that in that bowl game that showed that's that's somebody that was kind of maybe a, a natural playmaker that we took a while to ID perhaps, but why not go go play that kind of game and see where it takes you? And the fact that you're able to balance it with a deeper running back core uh, can only help the Cougars this time around. Uh, I, I think the the addition of the grad transfers just puts BYU in a better spot with Emmanuel and and Tyson there as well. So it's been a minute since we felt like the offense was explosive, really. And even Taysom Hill and Jamal Williams' senior year, I didn't really get that sense as you put in a first-year offense. So perhaps we have to go back to 14 or 15 where we felt like this, and uh, it all starts with a quarterback to me. Yeah, and and we talk about a core of playmakers. When you go back to um, you know the, the, the 06-07 type realm, you, you know, it was, it's Harvey. It's Dennis, it's Austin, it's Max, it's John. It, it, it's that tight group. You really didn't, and you had depth, but you you had your guys. 
and, and you went to them over and over again. And last year, guys didn't really emerge beyond Matt Bushman, who's kind of old dependable. And even then, that was the second half of the season probably, right? And, and really it was late. And in fact, Coach Grimes alluded to this yesterday too. Uh, we maybe got to Matt a little late as, as the chief playmaker. Um, in terms of targets and catches last year, and he ended up leading the team. But again, BYU's leading rusher and BYU's leading receiver were both relatively low numbers for BYU. Nobody really burst out. I think you've got to have someone that has a special year in the backfield and as a receiver to be truly that, 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 that explosive team you want to be. And again, explosiveness, I think, has to be um, the one thing we look to see added to the offense this year that maybe wasn't there last year. Greg Rubel with us on BYU Sports Nation. The gunslinger, Zach Wilson, revealed on this set yesterday that he has a torn labrum in his non-throwing shoulder on the left side. On your concern meter, where does that register? Well, he did go 18 for 18 with a jacked-up throwing shoulder. You know, So he was okay with an injured throwing shoulder that's now fixed. If the, if the non-throwing shoulder is a little sore, I think we can get through it. Um, and and I, 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 I'm going to choose to play the confidence card that, that Zach and all the coaches are playing right now, thinking positively and not worrying so much about uh, uh, the non-throwing shoulder. Yeah, it could be sore. Um, but, again, I think Zach already you know, showed what he could do with a sore throwing shoulder. And we didn't and, even know it at the time. Right, and he played through it. And I'm sure a lot of guys in college football have gone with stuff that we don't know about or yeah. think a lot about. So I'll just, uh, I'll just hope for the best and, and hope that uh, um, you know, nothing untoward happens. But if it does, you know, and he should have to miss some time for whatever reason, it sure is good to know that you've got another great playmaker like Jaron Hall uh, right there with him. Anything jump out on the pre-fall camp depth chart? Uh, not so much because I think it'll really be an August situation like it always. It's a good template to have, uh, but they're going to let these guys compete it out and see who emerges. Uh, again, if you look at the depth chart, you'll see Diane listed as a safety, but he could be a safety or a corner right now. Um, I, I think uh, uh, at linebacker, Coach Lamb was, was willing to concede that he can pencil in two guys right now. Zane Anderson and Isaiah Kafusi have earned their positions. I can say they're the guy, they're guys right now, but everyone else, I want to have them competed out. I'm not going to disrespect anybody. I'm going to let the depth chart formulate itself in August, but those are two uh, pretty good linebacking options to have to start yourself off right there. Yeah, I'm glad that you brought up the fact that Diane is such a versatile player because I asked Kalani about Diane specifically yesterday, and he said, I'm, I'm not kidding. He could play any position on the field. He threw running back in the mix, right? And no, he scored he, a touchdown. He scored a touchdown as a running back last year. Great play. Uh, he's got three touchdowns in his BYU career. Uh, two on defense. One. On, he's just a, he, he is <laughs> he is a playmaker. Yeah. Uh, and and I, again, it's his last go round. I expect a big season from Dion. It's those Northridge guys, right, Spence? It is those <laughs> Northridge nights. I'm still looking for my copper of the Grizzlies. I can't find any. Greg, before you go, let's uh, tackle a basketball question. If, mm. that, if that makes sense, uh, BYU inks in a two-game series with Boise State, home uh, to Boise State in 2019, and the Cougars will host the Broncos in 2020. What do you think about that rivalry extending into the basketball genre? I love any time we get to go to Boise because it means Elmer's. Elmer's Restaurant is is a restaurant chain that you'll find in the Northwest, uh, (laughs) Washington, Oregon, Idaho. Elmer's Restaurant is my go-to spot in Boise. And so anytime we get to go to Boise, it means an Elmer's trip. And so uh, I'm all for it. I'm all for it. When you're in Boise uh, or the Northwest, check out Elmer's Great Breakfast Spot. Yeah. <laughs> Did you get paid for that? Is this a from like this is, this is, this is a ad? non-paid endorsement oh. for Elmer's? Gotcha. Okay, just I'm not sure this word's going to reach them, but I'm a huge fan of Elmer's. Okay, hashtag ad. I've never been to Boise without going to Elmer's. The hot chocolate is tremendous on a, on a cool fall or winter morning. And Mark Durant, by the way, can back me up on this. Uh, both Marks, Durant and Lions, we've made many a visit to Elmer's. Okay, past, so yeah, there we go. That's why I like the series. 
Okay. I'm going to take you up. Next road trip, uh, we make to Boise. And the football series continues, of course. I will so. stop at yeah. Embers. Yeah, you got it. A couple more years. Fantastic. Okay, thanks, Greg. Anytime. Coming up, who are the top 10 offenses the Cougars will face this season? 10 and 10 is on deck. But first, which takeaways do you have from BYU's preseason depth chart? Keyword depth. Is it there this year? This is BYU Sports Nation. Hopefully the defense has a lot of them. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Let's keep it rolling. If you missed the headlines the first time around, we'll do it again. BYU football, according to Athlon Sports, has the 23rd most difficult schedule of all FBS teams. The Cougars are the only team to open the season with four Power 5 opponents. How do you feel about it, Jerem? Yeah, but I wish it was number one. BYU sophomore quarterback Zach Wilson tells BYU Sports Nation he has a torn labrum in his non-throwing left shoulder. It will require surgery in the future, but he says it won't affect his throwing, and it didn't last year. Sixth-round Major League Baseball draft pick Jackson Clough, former Batcat, has his first minor league assignment with the Washington Nationals. He'll play in single A with the Hagerstown Suns in Maryland. Good luck to Jackson. Hagerstown! And BYU basketball in Boise State announce a home-and-home series for men's hoops. That means home-and-road. I was going to say, did you just say home-and-home? I did, but it's not what I originally wrote. They got mixed up. Boise State hosts the first game this November 20th. Next game next year. You feel dirty when you say home-and-home? It doesn't tell me anything. (laughs) It tells me there are two home games. Is that two for one team? Is it what? One for each? Wins the first game? So it's a road-and-home series. It's a two-game series, road and home. I've got a fifth headline for you, Jerem, dealing with BYU and Utah. Hit it! Countdown to the Utes. 71. We're getting there. Ten weeks from tomorrow. We're getting there. Ten weeks from tomorrow. Ten weeks from tomorrow. Ten weeks from tomorrow. I'm going to keep saying it until it BYU and Utah will play a football game at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. So far away. Ten weeks ten from weeks? tomorrow. Ten weeks? What am I supposed to? What am I supposed to fill my time with until then? Oh, go, this go this on program. vacation. I'll do a couple of those. Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to do one during fall camp too. I'm like, I, 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 this is great, but I need a break. Seventy-one days away, and obviously 71. a ton can yeah. and will happen throughout mm-hmm. training camp. Mm-hmm. BYU yep. did release their first depth chart yesterday oh! in the 2019 Almanac. Jeremy, when you look at that initial depth chart. What jumps off the page to you? Nothing. <laughs> it's all pretty bland. Yes. No, the running backs don't include Tyson Williams and Emmanuel Isupa. Perhaps because they had to print them and they didn't quite have them signed yet. I'm not sure. Um, but they'll be in the mix there, right? People are forgetting about Kavika Fonua. And, uh, sorry, Finau. No, Fonua. They have uh, the misspelled. And Sione Finau. Those two are somewhere in the mix, right? Harris Lachance is penciled in as the right tackle, by the way. The guy. Big hair. Red shirt freshman. Red shirted last year. Okay. Uh, the cool part is, remember last year? These guys could play up to four games. So you may be familiar with them. Like Jaron Hall played in up to four games. I think he played two games specifically. UMass and Boise State, maybe more. Uh, place kicker is Orr. Get Skyler Southam or your boy neon cleated Jake Oldroyd. Get him some new cleats. Yeah. Or not. That one worked. Uh, Devin Kafusi is in Corbin Kafusi's spot, by the way, as the guy at the other end. And the middle linebacker, tri-starters, uh, Jackson Kafusi or Max Tooley. Okay, Alex Miskella in the mix as well. So linebacker's an interesting spot, too, because you know you have Zane Anderson. Chaz Ayu, woo, woo, 
don't forget about this guy. This is the high, one of the highest recruits in independence that BYU has landed, uh, literally in a helicopter in Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Then you have uh, Matthew Criddle, uh, you know, uh, the Will linebacker, Isaiah Kafusi, you know, Peyton Wilgar, Keenan Peely. So there are a lot of names. In New fact, names. 18 linebackers were on the roster last year. Nine were seniors. So a lot of these guys are gone. But if Zane Anderson and Chaz Ayu and Isaiah Kafusi and Jackson Kafusi and Max Tooley are good, like BYU is going to be fine. This has never been a position that I've worried about at BYU. BYU can get these guys. The positions I worry about are wide receiver. Do you have a guy that can stretch the field? Do you have a tall guy that can go in and get one? I would love to have a Mitch Matthews, right? That kind of guy, Taron Houck, uh, Nick Kurtz, those kind of guys. And then uh, cornerbacks has always been a one where I've thought, okay, hopefully BYU gets some good ones. I like the group BYU has at those positions as well. I look at the depth chart as a whole, and I think, okay, BYU's got a pretty solid, tasty bowl of oatmeal here. It's nothing... Is it is it uh, regular? Is it maple okay. syrup? It's regular it... oatmeal, but it's got some maple syrup in it, and it's okay. got some brown sugar. But aesthetically, like it's not gonna jump off the page right now. When we get into training camp, when we get closer to the season, we start to see some of these skill positions solidify. Then you get the fresh fruit thrown in, and it starts to look a little bit more exciting. But right now, I think it's just a solid core. Like it's a solid base, solid oatmeal dish. Wait for the raspberries and the strawberries and the fresh fruit to come in. When we get closer to the season, when those running back battles start to be solidified and we see if Tyson Williams or Lopini Katoa is the guy. And you talked about the playmakers. BYU needs some of those. They need some pizzazz. They need some fresh fruit in there. Receivers. Who will be the playmakers? Gregor Bell talked about Gunnar Romney and how Jeff Grimes says, okay, we're going to see what he can do because he's going to be healthy and he's put on 10 to 15 pounds. Gunnar Romney could be the best receiver BYU has. Maybe so. He's, he was a four-star, highly skilled BYU took him away from some notable programs that he could have gone to. And uh, he didn't go on a mission, so he's here. He's been here a year. He's hopefully healthy for the season, right? Um, we didn't see him a lot. The guy that didn't play in the Utah game. I don't think he played in the Boise State game. Didn't play in the bowl game. So BYU's going to need to be them, their best selves in the first four, especially. Yeah, like the thing that jumped off the page to me was in that pass-catching group. I looked just at the names, and I thought, I feel better about this group than I have in a long time. Even though it's the same guys. Same guys making the jump in year one of the offense under Jeff Grimes to year two with Zach Wilson, at quarterback. Gunnar Romney, Talon Shumway. Talon can be a very good receiver. Aleva Hifo. Can be really good, quick, dynamic. Matt Bushman, Moroni Laluputu. Those two changed the game. If you're talking about the non-tight end receivers, part of me says, show me, because we haven't seen it the last two years from that group as much as I think they're capable of doing. Tight end, it's like, okay, I think they carry that group, at least initially, especially on third down. BYU's got some playmakers. Coming up, a Cougar in AAA has a day, and what current student golfer won a tournament? Plus, the top 10 offenses that BYU's defense will face in 2019, ranked from 10 to 1. Who didn't make the list? Who's that bad? And who's number one? This is BYU Sports Nation. You know who they are. You know. (laughs) BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. If you demand BYU Sports Nation when it's not live, don't worry, it is indeed on demand. Watch it on BYUSN.com, the BYU TV app. Listen on BYU Radio's app or where podcasts are found. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation midweek on a Wednesday, the day after BYU Football Media Day. 
And that means because it's Wednesday, Jerem, it's time for the next 10 in 10. 10 lists in 10 weeks. It's Jerem, 10 in 10. Let's get it. It's the top 10 offenses BYU will face this season. Not listed Idaho State and UMass because they stink. Okay. Number 10, San Diego State. This group was bottom 30 in points and yards last season. It's a lot of the same people returning. Quarterback Ryan Agnew completed 52% of his passes. Juwan Washington was a bright spot. 999 yards, 10 touchdowns, 5 yards of carry. He missed four games. This group will run a spread offense, which is very different from the I formation last season. San Diego State's number 10. All of a sudden, I'm feeling better about BYU's chances to beat them in late November. Nine, Liberty. Liberty, Liberty. How does 33 games sound with a returning quarterback of 3,000 yards, a receiver of 1,000 yards, and a running back of 1,000 yards? Huge free, Hugh Freeze has quarterback Steven Buckshot Calvert. Antonio Gandy Golden at receiver, Frankie Hicks in at running back, experience and production in year two as an independent. Look for freshman Jonathan Bennett to be in the mix at quarterback as well as a dual threat. And main transfer Josh Mack led FBS in rushing yards two years ago. I'm glad this game is in Provo. Good grief. They got they, some players. They have some players. Number eight, South Florida. There's a new OC in Tampa. Kerwin Bell joins USF. 52 points a game at D2 National Champ Valdosta State. Quarterback Blake Barnett is a senior. Jordan Cronkite uh, put up 1,100 rushing yards. Tight end Mitchell Wilcox, first team all. Ack. Nine starters returned to the 33rd best offense by yards in 2018. Can BYU finally beat a team in the Eastern time zone that's going to finish with a winning record? Because I think South Florida will have a winning record. They did barely last year. They won the first seven, lost the next six. Number seven, Utah State. The Aggies put up 48 a game last year, second in the country. We're 17th in passing, 11th in total yards. That's the good news. The bad news, only two starters return. The whole playbook and staff are at Texas Tech. However, however, quarterback Jordan Love, really good. 3,500 yards, 32 touchdowns. In fact, that's great. Senior running back Gerald Bright, 13 total touchdowns last year. The O-line replaces four starters. I'm not big on Utah State being able to get even close to what they did last season. Jeremy, you're making some people in Ogden really mad right now. I don't care. Number Jordan, six. Love, Jordan Love's only good enough to be number seven? It's not about Jordan Love. It's about the whole offense. All right. Number six, Toledo. Rockets is an apt name. These dudes put up 50 in a record six games last year. They played two quarterbacks, Mitchell Guadani, who broke his collarbone, and Eli Peters, Combined for 31 touchdown passes. Bryant Kobach rushed for 917 yards, second most by a freshman in school history. But three all-conference receivers are gone. That's a question mark. This is a sneaky, sneaky game. BYU has to play these guys right after the Power 5 gauntlet to open the season. Number 5, USC. New offensive coordinator Graham Harrell has his hands full with an always talented group of athletic players, but a group that ranked 91st in scoring, 84th in yards last season. There's a QB battle, JT Daniels and Jack Sears going into fall camp. Good receivers. Two of them had 750 plus last year, led by Michael Pittman Jr. Nondescripto line gets a boost from Tennessee grad transfer Drew Richmond and his 25 career starts. I think USC makes a jump offensively. I hope you're wrong about USC because that means BYU has a better chance of taking down the Trojans in Provo. Hey, me too. I'm wrong about a lot of things. Don't worry. Number four, Boise State. The Broncos offense was top 25 in scoring yards and pass yards. However, the Mountain West Conference all-time leading passer, Brett Rippon, is out. Who's the quarterback? The five on the staff have a combined 10 pass attempts. Chase Cord barely played towards ACL in October. The entire O-line returns, 
And new running back John Hightower had eight touchdowns on 39 touches in 2018, six of which were for 40-plus. Boise State's never really struggled on offense. I'm suspect on Boise State as a team in general and on their offense because of what they lose. I feel like the last 10 and 10 list you did, we kind of encountered the same situation. Six, five, and four could all kind sure. of be scrambled up. Sure. I, Boise State always answers the questions that are asked of them, though. They always win 10 games. They always have the quarterback, right? They always have a 1,000-yard rusher last 10 seasons. Number three, Tennessee. Wow. Former Georgia OC Jim Chaney is the answer to the question of why. He returns to Knoxville with an offense that was ninth worst in total yards last year. So why are they number three? At Georgia's team put up 38 a game. I think he can put in an offense that will make this team much better. Quarterback Jarrett Guarantano threw 12 touchdowns and three picks through some injuries. Five-star offensive tackles Darnell Wright and Wanya Morris could be starting from day one on the O-line, which would help FBS, uh, the best team at getting stuff behind the line. Non-sack carries 33% of the time. I think Jim Chaney changes the game in Knoxville. I'm glad BYU has Tennessee early in the schedule so that this offense doesn't have a ton of time to get rolling. This is advantageous to BYU to face the Volunteers in game number two. Number two, Utah. In 2008, Utah went undefeated and beat Alabama. Andy Lugg was the OC then, and he's back now with a team that returns eight starters, including quarterback Tyler Huntley and running back Zach Moss. The Utes' top receiver, Britton Covey, uh, who is coming off a serious knee injury in the Pac-12 title game. Eight starters returned, three on the O-line. Last year, was Utah was 8.1 in offensive success rate margin, 15th nationally, tops in the Pac-12, but only averaged about two gains of 30-plus. That was 90th in FBS, not super explosive, but because of who they returned and the OC Andy Ludwig, I have them at number two. Yeah, that, I think that's fair. And again, I am – it is – clearly advantageous that BYU gets this Utah team in game number one because by the time they get midseason, I think they're going to be rolling. It's a new but returning OC. And the number one offense BYU will face in 2019, the Washington Huskies. Welcome to the Jacob Eason era. The former Georgia quarterback is the man with Jake Browning graduated. Salvan Ahmed replaces all-time leading rusher Miles Gaskin. Ahmed rushed for 996 yards and 10 touchdowns, six yards to carry the last two years. He's a baller. Most of the wideouts in O-line, including All-American candidate Trey Adams, return Chris Peterson. What do they do well? Defense, but you know what? He's always had a pretty good offense. They have playmakers. Yeah, Jacob Eason, not sure what to expect from him, but it's Chris Peterson. And he typically gets his guy at quarterback. Eason was really good at Georgia against tougher defenses in the SEC. So I think he'll be a good player. So those are the top 10 offenses BYU will face in 2019. Washington and Utah once again leading the charge. Not surprisingly, both of those teams picked to win the Pac-12, their respective divisions. All right, man. (laughs) Next week, by the way, is defenses. So... Will it be Utah at number one? We Where would BYU see. rank in this list of offenses? That's what I want to know. I'll start telling you that. Okay. I'll, I'll work that in. Okay. Where I say, if BYU was in this, I would put them at this. All right, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I like that. Awesome. Coming up, where is Jackson Clough's first minor league assignment? And a rise and shout-out to those who took the Death Nut Challenge. And what is the Death Nut Challenge? <laughs> May their taste buds rest in peace. <laughs> this is BYU Sports Nation. <laughs> Shout out to today's guest, Greg Rebell, the voice of the Cougars. Always happy, extra happy, because Canada has an NBA championship team. Absolutely. The show's on demand via the podcast and the BYU TV and BYU Radio apps. Let's whip it.
It's time for the Cougar Whip Around football. Zach Wilson told BYU Sports Nation yesterday he has a torn labrum in his non-throwing left shoulder. It will require surgery. He uh, doesn't have it scheduled currently, but uh, will get done in the future. Won't affect his throwing. BYU has the 23rd most difficult schedule of all FBS teams. That according to Athlon Sports. BYU is the only school to start with four games against Power 5 opponents. Men's basketball. So would you say football is ranked in the top 25? BYU and Boise State announced a two-game series starting in Boise, November 20th of this season. Then BYU hosts the Broncos next season. The two haven't met since 2008. Baseball. Jackson Clough, former Batcat, assigned to his first minor league team. He'll play with the Hagerstown Suns in Maryland, single-A affiliate of the Washington Nationals. Golf. Cougar golfer Alicia May Mateo wins the Mary Lou Baker Open by five strokes at six under par. Nice. Well done. Cougars in the minors. Yeah, Brennan Lund combined four for six with two runs scored, two runs batted in, and a double header for the Triple A Salt Lake Bees. Bees. Today's rise and shoutouts now. Without question, mine goes to the cyborg Ed Lamb. Unbelievable. Who passed a kidney stone during BYU's iconic win at Camp Randall last season. He felt so bad he went down to a knee, but did not leave the sideline and stayed in the game. Giving greater meaning to, and they came to pass. Mine goes to Tristan (laughs) Hodge, Trajan Peely, and Bracken Bakri for the Death Nut Challenge. That's a boo for your previous joke. Yeah. The Death Nut Challenge. So there were some spicy peanuts that were given to these guys, and they had to wait a take some, wait a minute, take some, wait a minute, and so on. It was like an 11-minute thing. I was in the room. In July, this is going to come out, uh, BYU Cougars YouTube account. Unbelievable. These guys were dying. Yes. There was a Rambo 3 reference by Brackenell Bakri yeah. in terms of cauterizing Rising the wound. wound. <laughs> That's what it tastes like. <laughs> Our question of the day. How did BYU Football Media Day change your outlook on the 2019 season? The Elite Voice of the Day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort celebrating 50 years. At Russ Heaton. What's up, Russ? In on Instagram. Media Day changed the outlook on the season because BYU is looking forward to work hard and they want to improve on the advice from their coaches. The cohesion is there. We're into year number two. I think the right people are in place at most of the positions, which is very exciting. Here's to not passing any kidney stones during a game in 2019. Sorry to Dennis Pitta. Hope you pass it. Nope, I wouldn't even wish that upon you. We ran out of time for you. The conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Use the hashtag BYUSN. For Jeremiah Spencer, shout out to a former number 71, Scott Brumfield. We're 71 days away. See you tomorrow for BYU Sports Nation. Back at noon Eastern. Go Kooks! Death Nut Challenge. What? Giggy.